This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, I still got it. Plus, Biz has something new to love. Teresa likes Halloween this year. And we talked to Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore about kid nightmares. Woo! We're almost to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. This has been a spooky month. It has been a spooky on month. On the show. Yeah. What? And, it, and it, we and have more spooks continue. ahead. Yeah, yeah, more spooks ahead. This way. Watch out. Lane's merging into spooks. <laughs> Ter- <laughs> Teresa... How are you? Uh, let's not dwell on that. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> that's your monster voice. Should we just make weird noises today? <laughs> Maybe Frankenstein was just a parent. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that's interesting to me mm-hmm. is for some reason this, this year I'm excited about Halloween. It's scratch. I know. <laughs> so I was saying to you, I, I kind of think it might just be that after like five years of doing this show with you, that like some of your enthusiasm has rubbed off on me. Mm. I really don't know. Oh, you suggested to me, which may be more accurate, <laughs> that it's one small thing I can control in my life <laughs> that is otherwise spiraling right. out of control in many different directions. Correct. Yeah, I think that that may have something to do with it, but for whatever the reason, yes. I'm totally enjoying like chatting with my kids about their costumes. And Gracie has this plan for a haunted, a haunted haunted castle um, in our house this year, and we've just been getting ideas and just having fun yeah. talking about it and having fun planning. And I'm just I'm enjoying it for whatever reason. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> So that's good, I guess. That is great. Yeah. I am thrilled to hear it for whatever the reason. (laughs) I think that is just very, very exciting. Good job. Thanks, Biz. How are you? I'm fine. Uh Uh-huh. We got a cat. (gasps) What? (laughs) I know. I didn't tell Teresa. We have a new friend to love. Okay. So now there are- Cat number three. Cat number three. Whoa. uh, Who I have named Steve. Oh. After Steve from Stranger Things. It's also my dad's name. <laughs> oh, after Teresa's dad. Yeah, it's a I really mean. good name. <laughs> it is. Steve is a really solid name. It is. We all went, I, you know, I've been thinking about getting something new to love in the house for a while now. Yep. And so we went, I, we went in with the thought of a kitten. Mm-hmm. And that was quickly, yeah. <laughs> quickly that left us when we yeah. were looking at kittens. And I was like, that's a lot of work. There's uh, so much work, right? There's so much work. As as much as puppies? Like, do they yeah, I mean, just... they just scratch. And yeah. there's like, you got to train them for litter boxes. Yeah, and yeah. they're just like super spazzy fun. Yeah, yeah, Don't get yeah. me wrong. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. But yes. our life just maybe right. not be good for kittens. Yeah. 
And so I'm a big believer that we get chosen mm-hmm. by our pets. Yes. And there was like a communal cat room that we were walking by and uh-huh. this beautiful gray cat, not tall. I was thinking it was a Russian blue, which is like Louise, who was my lifelong friend in my 20s, oh. uh, who was a Russian blue. But it's not because when we went in to see this gray cat, we could see some white, very light white striping up its tail. So it's mm-hmm. just a short haired Teddy, which is, you know, wonderful. And anyway, he was like coming up to the window and headbutting the window and following Mm -hmm. us back and forth. And Steph and I looked at each other and was like, we're obviously going home with this cat. Mm -hmm. And we did. And he's been hiding now for good <laughs> a while, which is what a cat should <laughs> As they do. do. <laughs> and the other two cats, Onion and Bee, have actually been all right. Onion was like, hey, there's a new cat under the bed. Uh-huh. And like after a long time of not realizing this oh cat was God. in the house, suddenly Onion was like, there's a cat under the bed. Here I come under the bed. Uh-huh. We will just look at each other. Yeah. And that was great. And then Bee, Bee on the other hand, was like, did I just see a cat walk by? Uh-huh. I don't like that. Yeah. Is that the cat again? I don't like that. Is that the cat? I am not happy about that. <laughs> but she hasn't, like, freaked out. Like, okay. we went through the whole night with every all the doors open. Okay. And everybody being kind of cool. Okay. We got a new cat! You did it! We did it! Congratulations! I'm so excited. That's he has so a exciting. handsome Boy. Oh, lucky Steve. I know. To Steve. get to join your house. We are very lucky too. So that is great. I'm not sure it ties in at all <laughs> to what we are talking about today, which is I still got it. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I still got it. I know you do. (laughs) Right here. In my pocket. Uh So here's the question we're going to ponder today. Yeah. Is the performer in us, Teresa and I both come from performing backgrounds, Mm -hmm. and and I'll just say we're going to start with this as our working question, but the feeling it's going to evolve as we talk about it. But is the performer in us, or is it something else that makes us feel really rewarded when our kids respond to something we did As if they had just seen us perform Shakespeare well. (laughs) So I'm just going to put that in the booth as Uh our initial question. Mm -hmm. See where we go. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about this? I, well, can I share the experience that I had a couple of days ago? So a few days ago, I was sitting with my kids at the dining room table and it was just like a snack time or something and they finished their snack and then they got really excited about something they thought of that they wanted to do downstairs and they started running for the stairs and totally forgot to clear their places Mm -hmm. and I can't remember how my cute little song went but I came up with an adorable (laughs) song about how much fun we have when we're clearing our places and oh, the lying song. Yeah, the lying song. <laughs> they And I guess maybe they're at an age where now they're starting to understand sarcasm. Yeah. Mm. So they thought that my song was hilarious yeah. and a delight. Oh. And they went and cleared their places and they were laughing the whole time. And I was like, 
I am so great and funny. <laughs> like, I was, like, so proud of myself. And then to cap it, Oscar said to Grace, this is a pretty fun house to live in, huh, yes. Grace? <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, you still got it. I know. I'm, and so, anyways, I had that moment, and I went, wow. And I, I thought to myself, what just happened? Because what I realized was, I've been waiting for that moment for seven years. <laughs> the <laughs> like, reward the of the moment, audience applause. Like the moment that they love me. <laughs> they really love me. Like I have been like a like the dancing bear yeah. in the circus yeah. for seven years, just like waiting and hoping for someone to notice how yeah. great I am. <laughs> and then for a split second. They noticed me, and that felt wonderful, and then we moved on. And I thought, I really, like, it was just such a moment of, like, noticing myself for a minute and being yeah. like, wow, did I have three kids because I like it when I'm the center of attention and I want, like, a little audience to, like, follow mm. me around and listen to me and think that I'm fun? Yes. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Do you think, so here's a question based on that experience. Yeah, was that, like, something you just came to that realization or do you think you've always known it no i think it i mean i think it's possible it crossed my mind at some yeah. earlier date but i yeah. just didn't really investigate further yeah cuz it sounds like when you put it like i want a family because yeah. we're fun yeah. and i want to raise fun kids yeah. that sounds like really like generous and nice but uh -huh. when you word it in I want to have kids to have my own audience. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. weird. It sounds really messed up. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I you, you told me the story, and I was like, oh, yeah. Not only do I definitely feel that yeah. when I get the kids to respond to some bit yeah. I've just done. Yeah. I also get that feeling with, like, Katie Bell's friends. Like, if I go into her class, oh, uh -huh. especially, you know, because she's older and the kids yeah. are, like, second grade. That's yeah. a pretty prime audience yeah. for my sense of humor. Yeah. Third grade. Like, I go in. Uh, am I saying yeah. it? Am I talking to these kids as a parent mm -hmm. or am I talking to these kids as a per performer? Yeah. And this actually, I can take this somewhere weird, which yeah. is when I when I realize I'm doing that, especially uh -huh. as the kids get older, yeah. I do start to question if that's okay. Uh -huh. Like, this could, like, is that appropriate? You know, like, at any point in time, if I'm, like, joking or on yeah. for these kids, yeah. will those kids then go home and, like, share that experience with their parents? And will it sound weird? Like, why were you joking with my kid about that? Right? Uh -huh. Like, <laughs> like uh -huh. you know, like... Well, you had to be there. It was really funny. We were just kind of improving off of each other. Right? Like, also, I think it's sort of like the first name, last name as a parent. What do you want to uh -huh. be called? And, and I've said on the show before, when they're little, it's it's kind of fine to be like, Miss Elizabeth. You can call me Miss. Like, it feels weird to tell, like, a two-year-old to call me Miss Lawrence. Right? Uh -huh. Just because of who we are and how we, you know, I don't know, yeah. just generationally where we are. Yeah. But... I don't want a teenager coming into my house saying, Elizabeth, right? Like, I want them to be like, Miss Lawrence, I'm here to pick up your daughter, uh -huh. right? Like, I feel like there's some sense of authority uh -huh. that I need to have as a yeah. parent that, yeah. like, defines these boundaries 
Uh-huh. Because I think those boundaries can be really helpful as the kids get older. Uh-huh. But then the counterpoint to that is, if they think I'm not cool, Mom, they'll come to me. Right? So, like, <laughs> no. But I do sit there and I think, is this at all, like, appropriate? It's like the first time you have, like, the birth, like, like the first time we had a birthday party for Katie Bell at the house when they were, like, in, she was, like, going into maybe second grade. Uh-huh. And I turned to Stefan and I said, since we're inviting, like, just school people, some parents we don't know, is it weird that we have a bunch of alcohol here? Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to, it's all of our friends coming over with yeah. their kids. Yeah. Should we? Is that weird? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Right? So, anyway, so that's where I sort of am in it, where it's not just my kids. Yeah. But it's, like, their friends, and I can't control myself I mean, from performing. I know. That's a... First of all, I love that so much. That's adorable. And I think that's oddly, that's different from mine. Because for some reason, like, the idea of, like, being entertaining to everyone's kids is just exhausting to me. Like, oh, I just want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just been my exhausting right. problem that's my your, whole life. That's your exhausting life. Yeah. No, but I don't, may I just say, I don't see how that would ever be inappropriate. I only know that, like, there's some <laughs> parents who get identified early mm. as the fun, funny yeah. parents. Right. And I always feel for them because they get yeah. just jumped on by yeah. all the kids whenever the kids are around. And then they get so much attention from the kids. And some parents really like that. Yeah. But I'm just like, wow, that that looks, that looks really exhausting. tiring. Yeah. I want to be the mean parent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, stay away from the barbecue. Yeah. But like, no, I. <laughs> it's hot. It's not fun. There'll be no lessons here. Yeah. But like. Not just the physical fun parent, but yeah. I also don't want to suddenly be sitting there and have, like, a kid talk to me as if we're, like, at a bar together uh-huh. and we're making a joke, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I just feel like, am I able to say, like, well, that's not appropriate. You can't. I don't mean, like, they're hitting you're on like, me. I just you're mean, like, like, I can joke with you, but you right. can't joke well, with me. Well, a little, where yeah. it's like, you know, there are lots of times as the Fun parent, as the yeah. parent who makes the joke with the kids, sometimes yeah. the kids will come up and try things out, uh-huh. and it's not appropriate. Uh-huh. Like they're using something wrong, they're using bad language, or yeah. they're like doing, yeah. you know, they're making fun of something that they shouldn't be making yeah, fun of. Yeah. So I have to suddenly change yeah. roles and be like, I understand why you think that's funny, yeah. but this is, you yeah. know, it's not okay. This yeah. is, you know, could be considered mean. This might hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. What? What? Here's your wet sock, <laughs> right? Like. This taps into, though, that initial concern I had as a new parent, uh-huh. which was, is it my job to teach my kids, like, schoolyard chants, things that yeah. kids find amusing yeah. to other kids? Yeah. And then am I becoming a weird real-life stage mom mm. trying to make my kids yeah. the coolest right. on the playground? Yeah, it's well, just it's some all A-list about, material. It's all about, like, wanting to be liked, right? Oh, when, course, and, like, yeah. wanting our kids to be liked. Like, yeah. So it seems like, yeah, it seems like you're... <laughs> but it's really about us but wanting to be really liked. it's really about us wanting to be liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Because this... That's part of being a human, though. I guess. But like, the, I, but sometimes I look at that like, do I want my kids to like me like <laughs> we're friends? Or do I need them again to understand sometimes that, you know, I am the parent? Yeah. Because as Katie Bell gets older and she yeah. is really starting to push some boundaries or use sarcasm with us or yeah. make jokes back or whatever. Yeah. 
sometimes. Okay. Right. So there's this. There's this okay. potential future yeah. quandary of that's not funny. Right? Like, yeah. Okay. No, I'm actually getting some clarity on a couple parts of this because I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, that's. That's the issue is, like, what are the boundaries there? Right. Obviously, we don't want to fall into, like, I just want my kids to like me. Like, I just right. want them to think I'm funny and yeah. cool and fun. I don't um, want to be the parent but I think, who nobody likes. But I think that's, <laughs> that's potentially part of why I grasped onto that particular yeah. moment so much because so much of my mm. life is about, like, making my kids yeah, clear their true. place after their snack and, like, having them like pay attention to me when I need them to be doing something before they get to go do the fun thing or like keeping them on schedule like so much of our relationship is based on that kind of stuff and like I think that is you know the monotony the mundane part of parenting that like we don't that that we're like oh like this is not what I was envisioning (laughs) what I was envisioning was this whole like bonding and having fun together and and, like making jokes or whatever and so maybe partially the reason I really (laughs) just enjoyed that moment so much was like maybe not necessarily so much about like me being like a great entertainer for them but more just like hey like we had a fun moment (laughs) rather than right like like that was like a nice break is it then weird that it feels so big at our audience's kids because I was sitting there thinking because I sometimes feel like when I go out into the world of adults, uh-huh. I ain't got it. Right. Oh, <laughs> definitely. I don't, I'm very, I yeah. don't got it oh, yeah. even a little. Yeah. Like words stumble over yeah. each other or I'm doing my material for kids to them. That's awful. And then that leads me to realize like when you take all the noise away, I spend so much time alone with my children. Whoa. I yeah. am spending a lot. Yes. Your audience becomes your prison mates. Yes. (laughs) Like, I'm with them. Just given how my life is set up, you know, even with work and them in school or whatever, you know, even just the evenings and the morning there and with Stefan's travel, there is, I (laughs) spend a lot. We spend a lot of time with our kids. Right. Yeah. And I, it's yeah. sort of like that making dinner every night realization. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe I fucking cook dinner yeah. every night. Yeah. Has anybody seen this? There's <laughs> yeah. that moment where you're like, I have just spent all these years predominantly yeah. with these yeah. children. Talking to these people. Talking to these people. Yeah. They Getting reactions my, from them. Right. They are my that's normal. Yeah. yeah. Thinking that's normal. <laughs> yeah. There again, as they get older, there are lots of things where I'm like, I don't think I should be trying this out yeah. on them. I don't yeah. think I should be like, this is like, not, things will happen yeah. politically and I'll want to yeah. talk about it. And then mm-hmm. I realize I have no one to talk about it with. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I'm like, Katabelle, you need to understand. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I shouldn't be talking to her about <laughs> Call a friend. I know, but like I'm with my kids. I can't call a friend. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. Katie, put your fingers in your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, ah. Yeah. And that makes it also weird because Mm. I totally get the feeling. Yeah. I get how good it is. Yeah. But that is like. But it's sort of false in some way. Well, it's just. It's at the cost of the fact that. Your only audience yes. are very small children. Yes. And that's kind of sad. 
But wait, wait, hold on. Oh, okay. It's kind of sad, but only if that's it. Only if that's it. We want to have fun with them. Yes. Come on. We do want to have fun with them. We're with them a lot. We should yeah. be having fun with them. Yes. But we just also need other outlets to try out our cute little bits, right? Sure. Other outlets. Like friends and like going out sometimes. Sometimes. And like talking to other adults. <laughs> It's like the new audience walks in, your partner comes home, and you're like, I ain't got nothing for you. Yeah. I got no material for you. Yeah. <laughs> All my material is for these guys. <laughs> yes. Sad. But the show must go on. <laughs> and if they're willing to pay for it, you gotta perform. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Audible. Introducing Audible Originals, a new member benefit. Audible members now get two Audible Originals and one audiobook each month. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. Fall is here, so it's time to enjoy more stories like American Housewife by my sister Helen Ellis. Get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible Originals with a 30-day trial. Visit audible.com slash badmother or text badmother to 500-500. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. I'm sure that this isn't the first time that we've talked about this on the show, or at least that somebody has, like, posted this maybe in the Facebook group. But it was a genius moment for me when I realized that I could put my laptop computer that's showing a Netflix show for my kids into the toddler's crib (laughs) and let the kids sit outside the crib and watch it so that nobody could fuck with the buttons (laughs) or, like, pick up my computer and drop it. Whoa. Good They didn't care that the bars were there. Yeah. They They don't care. So all the the toddler's not in there, too. No, he's not in there because he'll fuck up the computer. Yeah, I was going to say. That's amazing. Yeah. Just set it in there. Set up some chairs on the outside of the crib. (laughs) Everybody sits there watching the crib. (laughs) Good job. Yeah, thanks. Okay. As I've said on the show, Katie Bell wants her own room. And as I've said on the show, we don't really have that. We've got the bigger bedroom that both kids are in and then there was that like weird small room yeah. that's not really a bedroom but it's got a closet yeah. and a window it was big enough for the baby when right. Ellis was it a was baby it was a little nursery yeah well i spent the weekend mm-hmm. tearing it all down okay. so i 
got Katie Bell's bed into that small room. Wow. So her bed is in there with two bookshelves okay. and a couple of prized possessions. Okay. She understands the closet is still community. Ellis's room, now all the place He has a lot stuff, of space now. All the yeah. stuff that used to be in that little room that was oh, like the playroom yeah. is now in there. Okay. With better access. Yeah. We purged a bunch. Wow. It, not only does it look Amazing. I, I want that little room for myself. Oh. Not only do both rooms look great, both kids are like, I'm going into my room. I'm going into my room. And they're just shutting the door. Oh my God. They're going into That's their rooms. Amazing. It it is I kept walking around the house going, I cannot believe that yeah. worked. Yeah. Yeah. Good I, job. Yeah, I feel fucking great. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, this is Teresa. I am a genius. I started keeping a little notebook in my bag for each of my children. So I have one notebook with my son's name, one notebook with my daughter's name, and then every time we go to a restaurant, I hold on to the little crayons, and they have little pockets in my bag, so that whenever we go anywhere, I can just give my children a notebook. It's theirs. They can do whatever they want. They can color, and they can... They can write with pen if that's all that's available at the time. And it keeps them quiet. I just got to sit through church and actually listen because my two-year-old just sat and colored in her notebook. It was amazing. I am a genius. <laughs> Thanks for the show. You guys are doing a great job. And so am I. Bye. You are yeah, that's a genius. Great. And I want to know where you bought these magical notebooks. Yeah. <laughs> They're magic! There's something really yeah. special about it being, like, just for them with yeah. their name on it. Yeah, right? And they get it at certain times. Yeah. It's much more special than, like, oh, let me try to find you a piece of paper. Yeah, I know! <laughs> You're drawing the back of this <laughs> yeah. Starbucks napkin. Yeah. <laughs> with this dirty crayon. Yes. Yeah. Not that I've ever, ever. experienced. Never. Ever. <laughs> You're doing a great Job. Yeah, you are. That's amazing. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. So I was doing laundry and I was folding one of those like toddler bodysuit mm. things with like the snaps that go under the crotch, you know? Yep. And it was inside out and I went to like flip it and fold it and I noticed that there was a piece of plastic like from where a tag would have been mm -hmm. in the armpit, mm. kind of a big one. Yeah. And this is a <laughs> bodysuit that has is been through three children. This is the third <laughs> child who has worn this bodysuit. And it has apparently had a plastic jabbing <laughs> tag thingy, jabbing each child in the armpit whenever they've worn it. Mm. For wow. seven years. The Thorn Kids. Yeah. Super strong. <laughs> super resilient. That's amazing. Yeah, I was in awe. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So at our back door, we have, you know, some plants that I've tried to keep alive. And for whatever reason, that I've managed to do it for a while. But one just started dying and I couldn't figure out like why it was dying. We just kept dumping water on it. <laughs> it kept dying. And I realized clearly there's a... But I just like ignore it. I was like, I don't care. Whatever. You'll either live or you won't. It doesn't matter. 
And then throughout this whole period, I've been like, there are a lot of mosquitoes by our back door. And it's like, where Mm. would these mosquitoes be coming from? And then I realized that that pot just hasn't been draining well. And so I just basically created a mosquito habitat right by our back door. And you know what? Like three of us are very not affected by mosquitoes. Katie Bell looks like she's had chicken pox repeatedly. She just... They get her really bad. They get her really bad. Anyway, so science and nature... Wow. I made that right you by our door. shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. <laughs> Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a fail. We were getting ready this morning, and my daughter was running late, messing around, you know, kid stuff, and I was not being my most patient self, and we're rushing to get out the door. We get out the door. We make it to the bus stop. I get to work, and I just realized, about two hours later, but I didn't feed my daughter breakfast. Didn't even grab a cereal bar. And to top it off, I also didn't pack her a morning snack. So now she's going from 6 in the morning until lunchtime, which is about 11, with nothing. And I feel horrible because it's like number like number one basic, just feed your kid. Anyway, you guys are doing a good job. Clearly, I am not. Thank you. Bye. Oh, yeah. That's, it's so it's, under, it's weird how easily something that important yeah. can, I totally yeah. get how this could happen. Yeah, this happened. It probably won't ever happen again because now you've traumatized yourself. Right, right. <laughs> so you can take right. comfort in that. That's right. You're <laughs> failing, but spectacularly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is brought to you in part by Pure Organic Stevia. If you're looking for a sweeter way to start your day, it's time to put down the sugar and pick up Pure Organic Stevia. Pure, spelled P-Y-U-R-E, is an organic, zero-calorie sugar substitute made from the stevia plant that's perfect for sweetening your coffee, tea, or smoothie. Cutting back on sugar can be challenging, but Pure is trying to make you forget sugar was ever an option. While supplies last, our listeners can get a complimentary sample to try for themselves at this exclusive web address, pureorganic.com slash badmother. That's pure with a Y. No calories, no sugar, nothing artificial, just pure organic stevia. Teresa. Let's call someone today. Hey, this week we are calling Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore, who's a clinical psychologist based in Princeton, New Jersey, and a mom of four. Her newest book for children is Growing Friendships, A Kid's Guide to Making and Keeping Friends. She is the creator of DrFriendTastic.com, and she has written three books for parents, 
Kid confidence, smart parenting for smart kids, and the unwritten rules of friendships. But we are having her here today to talk about nightmares. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Kennedy Moore. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get in to nightmares, we're going to ask you something we always ask our guests, but also something special we've just started asking our guests this month, and that is not only who lives in your house, but are there any ghosts in your house? Well, um, I do have four kids, but they're big. My youngest one is 17, and my, my husband lives here, too. Sadly, there are no ghosts in my house, but I do live in a historic town, Ooh. and it's been told that there are many ghosts <laughs> Well, sometimes older, like kids 17 and older, are sometimes just lurking about. <laughs> I do hear strange creaks after I've gone to bed. <laughs> I'm just going to assume it's ghosts and not my children sneaking out. Good yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We want to talk about nightmares and specifically children nightmares because I think most of our show is just us talking about the nightmares that we are dealing with all the time as parents. And, and it's the season. Um, that's right. It's the season. For nightmares for kids. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but actually, you know what? Let's. That sort of leads me right into the first question, which is, you know, talk to us about kid nightmares. How common are they? Is it, you know, oh, I showed my kid a scary movie. Is that going to cause nightmares? Look, <laughs> have I ruined their life? <laughs> Well, I don't think you've ruined their life. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> That's not that easy to do. Um, <laughs> Thank you so oh, much really? for saying that. Let's, yeah. let's all hear that again. Yeah, can could we, you say that can again? Can we use that and can we play a clip of that on every show <laughs> going forward? Can just say yeah, that one mostly, more time. Mostly kids grow up okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's one nightmare I don't have to think about. Yeah. So right. Talk to us about um, but kids, children's nightmares are extremely common. Um, there was one study where they looked at kids of various ages, and they found that two-thirds of four- to six-year-olds, pretty much all seven- and nine-year-olds, and about three-quarters of 10- to 12-year-olds say that they have scary dreams at least sometimes. So they're out there. And another study looked at children four to eight years old, and they, they kept a diary or had the parents keep a diary of the kids' dreams, and they found out that about one quarter of the dreams were either scary or had some kind of upsetting emotions. So about 60% of them were positive, and the rest were just neutral. So they're very common. Well, so here's a question. So with those numbers that you were just saying, is it is it just the a child's ability to report or desire to tell you about it, or are seven to nine year olds just in some sort of weird prime time for for nightmares? They are in a prime time for nightmares because their imagination is really growing at that age. And so I think that the, the imagination works over time at night as well. They're also kind of more alert and more aware of what's going on around them. And the parents are starting to have a little bit less control over what they're exposed to. Oh, that's true. Well, let's talk about exposure. Let's talk yes. about <laughs> what can cause nightmares because it, it's so funny so I've got uh, two children. One is four and the other is nine. And both kids, when they were around three and four, their like standard wake up screaming, talking in their sleep nightmare was the like, give it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, somebody took some my power thing. struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. Or no, 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 no. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Which clearly is about somebody like 
is trying to invade their space somehow. Yeah, take their stuff, yeah, sure. Yeah, take their stuff. And I remember being like, oh, it's okay. This yeah. is fine. While my daughter now that, you know, she's nine, hers have been a little more like, sometimes they are scary, you know, monster yeah. running through the house. But other times they're like, I'm like, oh, let's look at that. A buffalo running through your dream? I think that has to do with your desire to control. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they start to get a little more symbolic in my mind. So, so... What causes bad dreams, or is that something easy to define? Well, it's a little bit like what's ca- what causes imagination. I mean, <laughs> across all ages, about three-quarters of the kids say that the topic of their scary dreams is related to some information that they heard. Um, maybe they heard a scary news story, or they read a scary book, or I have had so many clients come in and say, oh, the kids at school are talking about Bloody Mary. Um, and <laughs> wow. That's a thing. That's, I don't know. No, I do know it's a yeah. thing. It's very funny because we're uh, in charge of a haunted house this year at my daughter's school, and we're actually doing Bloody Mary stuff. <laughs> You're drumming a business for I'm me. I'm drumming up some business yeah. for you. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. I didn't even think about the. I guess about. I guess that would be part of it. The you know sort of urban legends that go around schools and you know slumber parties and exactly. and all of that. But what about things like you know are they working out anxiety as well in their sleep? I mean, I you know I'm always dreaming my teeth are all falling out or you know <laughs> some other horror like that. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly to, the more anxious kids are during the day, the more likely they are to be anxious as, at night as well. And uh, so being anxious can cause kids to to have more nightmares um, and also to perceive their dreams as more frightening and to have those dreams carry on out to the day. And then if a kid has a, a nightmare often, they might start to dread their bed, you know, to be afraid of, of going to bed. What if I have a nightmare? Yeah, I mean, because for some, I mean, sometimes it's just a one-off nightmare, and you can usually pinpoint where something like that might have come from as a parent. But there are like reoccurring nightmares, and I guess a question would be: Are there varying degrees of nightmares? You know, that that kids have. Like, like, is there like a scale in which you're like, oh, she had too much pizza? (laughs) You know, (laughs) to maybe I should be asking somebody about this or we should be really more aware of what's happening because like every night we're having this dream. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a strict line in the sand about, oh my gosh, run to see a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. Happening. I mean, you know, if it's interfering with their life, then it's right. a good idea to, to talk to somebody. My mother-in-law has a, a folk theory that if their feet are too warm, they have nightmares, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, but I, I think that we do want to <laughs> look at if a kid is having recurrent nightmares, What's going on there? You know, yeah. is it is there a theme that we can somehow think, huh, I wonder if that's what's going on there? Or is it just a sign of general emotional overload? Maybe the kid is just stressed and it's coming out as a fear of foxes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what can you let's talk about how we can help our kids with, with nightmares in general. Okay. So I I think it really is important to teach kids about nightmares because sometimes children believe that it's a prophecy of the future or Mm. that if they dream something, it can cause it to occur. 
or that they're a punishment for something that they've done wrong. Um, some poor little bunnies think that. Oh, um, babies. So we really wanted to say this is just imagination, and thoughts are never dangerous. So one experiment that I do often with kids in my practice is I'll say, okay, I want you to put your hands together so your two thumbs are lined up, and I want you to think as hard as you can and turn your thumbs green. You doing it? Green, 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 like really think at heart. Okay, open your eyes. What happened? Absolutely nothing. So um, <laughs> sometimes it can be nice to have that experiment just to th- show that thinking something doesn't make it so. It can also be helpful for, for some kids, especially if it's not a recurrent dream, often if you can distract them, the images will fade. So you can either um, have them talk about planning their next birthday party. It's never too early to start planning their next birthday party. Mm. Or remember their last birthday party. Or who do they want to invite over for a play date this weekend? And if, there's, if, they, if you can shift where they're thinking, the scary images just fade away. With older kids, you might want to have them counting or doing some little math facts. That's def- there's, no, there's definitely nothing related to that in their nightmares. Right. So they have to concentrate just a little bit, not too hard, um, like count up by twos or something, then it can help to make the, the dreams fade. There's actually good research that having a stuffed animal can be helpful. And there are two ways to do this. One is to say that the stuffed animal is there to protect them. And the other way is to say the stuffed animal is scared at night and needs you to comfort it. So depending on your kid, whichever one you think that they will go. But but there's science behind that, that it will actually lead to fewer nightmares. And it lasts. (laughs) It lasts for, according to one study, at least six months. Another thing, though, for very... Um, very intense dreams that kind of stick with the kid or ones that are repeated, what I would do is arm the kid with a strategy by saying, you're in charge of your imagination. So blink your eyes and change the story. For instance, a lot of kids worry about like a burglar breaking into their house. So you start with the image, okay, the burglar is coming in, but then all of a sudden you turn on the switch and it's a giant vacuum cleaner that (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not real, but neither is the fear, neither is the nightmare. So go ahead and play with it. Humor is incompatible with anxiety. So anything you can do to make it kind of ridiculous and silly um, can be very, very helpful. Yeah, you know, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, in which that's exactly how they, you know, battle Freddy is. I get you in my dreams. I'm the dream wizard or whatever. (laughs) I love it. But that actually always was something that, you know, I would try and ease. I had weirdo dreams as a kid. Maybe Uh it's because I watched a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Or was that crushing anxiety? One of the two. I, I think this has been really helpful. Is there, are there, as a parent, are there any other things that we just might not be aware of that might be going on with our kids? Like, I had never thought about the fact that my kids might think a burglar would come in, right? Like, I wouldn't think that they might... That's a very common one. Yeah, or I wouldn't think that, like, they might think it's a prophecy, right? Like, yeah. what what do kids sort of carry around that we might not know if they're not voicing it to us? Are there any other sort a of... A lot. And actually, <laughs> children over six are less likely than younger kids to tell their parents about nightmares. Mm. 
So if you see your kid dragging, you might want to ask some questions about, hey, buddy, what the, um, how'd you sleep last night? You look kind of tired. Yeah. And maybe they'll, they'll tell you about it. But kids do carry around a lot, and it's usually a relief when they can tell the parents. So there's a concept in psychology called social referencing, which is, so imagine a kid sees a dog for the first time. They look at the dog, then they look up at their grown-up to see, should I be scared here? Mm. And if the grown-up is calm, then it's easier for the child to approach the dog. So same thing with nightmares. If you are very matter-of-fact about it, then it's easier for your child to be matter-of-fact about it. So sometimes what happens is that this can escalate into children not wanting to sleep in their own room. Um, and it starts out with the best of intentions. Of, we see our little bunnies scared, and of course we want to comfort them and come here and you can sleep with me tonight. And then tonight stays. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're afraid to go back to their own room. But the problem is that we as grown-ups here are saying to our kids, you're right, darling, it really is dangerous for you to sleep in your cozy bedroom down the hall from your adoring parents in your lovely home <laughs> in your safe neighborhood. Um, so we never want to be on the side of anxiety. Mm, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So trust in your child's strengths. Yeah. You know, arm them with some strategies. And if if they do wake up with a, a bad dream as quickly as possible, get them back into their own little bed. Well, Dr. Kennedy Moore, thank you so much for joining us. This was incredibly insightful, and I'm not going to try and make it terrifying at all just because it's Halloween. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll make sure that people can find out more about you as well as, you know, all the other work you're doing with kids about relationships and making friends. And again, the, the website is drfantastic.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank My you. My pleasure. All right. Have a happy Halloween. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Send a reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. My suggestion for book festivals is just go for one day. I listen for the author interviews. I was a huge Goosebumps fan. Oh, yes. <laughs> R.L. Stein was totally my jam. I don't even read. I just like their chemistry together. Literally, if on the bag it said, like, this book made me shit my pants, I'd be like, that's, I'm buying this book. Yeah. Like, like, I think the problem with blurbs a lot of times. I like that we both want to crap ourselves <laughs> over books. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses, and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hey there, folks. I'm writer and performer Dave Holmes, and I host International Waters, where we pair a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture trivia battle royale. Comedians like Elizabeth Lame. Can I ask yeah. you, is that a chasm or a chasm that you just discovered between you and Joe? chasm. A chasm. Okay. Nobody says chasm. <laughs> nice try. Do you say chasm? Were you trying to soft pitch your idea of saying chasm? Well, I've just learned something again. <laughs> April Richardson. In high school, I cut my hair really short. Yeah. But in between, I got a mullet as a joke. Like, I went to the place and I was yeah. like, okay, cut it all except the back and I'll have that for like a day. And then I started like getting my feelings hurt. Yeah. So people were like openly laughing at me. And many more. 
Join us every other week on International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. That was great. Yeah. I don't know why. I really like it when people come on and talk calmly to me about I things know. that it's I want best. to run and scream about. Yeah. I thought that was really insightful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it should come as no surprise that most of the stuff that goes into our kids having nightmares is similar to what goes into us having nightmares. Yep. Right? Like, we're just working stuff out. Mm-hmm. And that is good to know. Speaking of nightmares, <laughs> let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hello, one bad letter. This is a rant. So I have a three-year-old, and I am a solo mom, and I have not been on a vacation for like eight years. I desperately want to go on a vacation, but when you're a solo mom, you have to take your kid with you, which doesn't really mean it's a vacation. I told my coworker about it, and her response was, oh, it's really easy to travel with three-year-olds. Well, my fucking coworker is married, so that's two of them. And when I said, but there's two of you, she said, oh, he doesn't do anything. And instead of me getting super pissed off, my internal dialogue said, oh, dude, he does. He carries the luggage. He helps the kid get the shoes on. He probably helps you check in at the counter. He watches your stuff while you go to the bathroom. These are all the things that people don't fucking realize solo moms have to do. That's why I will never go on vacation. Have a good one. You're doing a great job. Thanks. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. That's, That's valid. Valid. Yeah. Absolutely valid. There are so many things about like your experience that you're having that makes that all really hard and frustrating. Yeah. And I, it's a great example again of the like, watch what we're saying. Yeah. You know, we don't, when people come up and say, I, this is hard. Yeah. Or this would be hard. That's not our job to fix it or to offer, yeah. like to try and compare our experiences. Yeah. Just say, I am so sorry. Tell me more about how it makes it hard, right? Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. Let them talk about it. Yeah, I'd like, never thought of that. I never um, thought of that. Yeah, tell or, me more about that. Yeah, tell me more. Yeah. I want to be able to understand, yeah. right? Like it, or just say, yeah, that does suck. Yeah, right. Like it's it's hard, and I think, you know, even why why I like the fact that she left this call is it is just a really good reminder. You know, you could insert. A, B, or C for whatever her yeah. personal experience is. We don't know what people are, are dealing with. Yeah. We don't know how, just because, you know, one parenting style or one parenting scenario is working for somebody and it's somebody else is struggling with it, both yeah. are valid, yes. right? It doesn't, yes. you yes. know, it's great that you got your kid to sleep through the night. It doesn't mean that that in any way helps another parent yeah. who's struggling. It's so true. Right? Yep. So, like, I think... I just think it's valid to hear yep. parents complain about it. Yes. <laughs> it's because it, I think it makes us all better when it comes to how we respond when somebody's going through that. And it also always helps, like, you know, when you are traveling, if you have a free hand yeah. and you see somebody, yeah. it's a good reminder to go, do you want me just to watch yourself while you take your kids to yeah. the bathroom? Yeah. Right? Or yeah. like, it's something, to, can I go get you guys a water? I'm going to get water. Yeah. Do you want me to bring you guys back some water and snacks? 
whatever. And if they yeah. say no, thank you, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, if you change your mind, let me know. Yeah. Right? And we'll go on. It's okay. Yeah. You're doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. You really. And that sounds really hard. It does. You know? Yeah. It, it really just really does. does. Yeah. So whatever decisions you have to make for yourself that yeah. are hard, I hope that you don't feel bad about those decisions because of what somebody else said to you, because you know what is best for you. Right. You're doing such a good job. Yeah, you are. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that we still got it, <laughs> no matter who we're giving it to. <laughs> we learned that a warm, appreciative audience is always a good thing. <laughs> and that's enough for me. Me too. Not, I don't want to look deeper into that at all. <laughs> we also learned that children's nightmares are apparently incredibly normal. Yes. And... Uh, Okay. Yeah, and we can try to remain calm about that and we show our kids that it is normal. That it is normal. Yeah. <laughs> Without, like, you think that's a nightmare. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you what I just dreamed. Good night. <laughs> Sometimes I do it wrong. I, it's all uh, great. <laughs> Guys, you are all doing an incredible job. Yeah, you are. While the month of October presents all sorts of issues. Some kids, some parents might not like Halloween at all. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It is. And you're doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. Okay. And some kids and parents love it. And that is good. And that's okay. Let's all just try and remember that we are a month away from the holidays. Oh, God. <laughs> Tick, 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 tick. Get your bathrooms ready for hiding. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are. Okay. Teresa. Yes. You're doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to load. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not blow down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not blow down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.